It's a Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories bonus episode. These pop up from time to time when we need to hit the mailbag, and today is no exception. Plenty of letters. We are the story guys at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, too. Just tweet at Murdoch at Hey, it's Murdoch. <laughs> That's D-O-C-K, not D-O-C-H. Uh, so, you know, we recently on the show talked about Dave Matthews Band and immediately, oh, wait, lots of feedback. Thank you, everybody who immediately reached out. I had no idea that there were so many people who would have an opinion on us doing an episode about DMB. It made me happy. I'm very glad that so many people uh, uh, found it enjoyable. But uh, immediate feedback about something we left out, which has nothing to do with the topic that we were talking about, but does have to do with Dave Matthews Band, and I knew we were neglecting this, and due to the length of the episode, I left it out, though I considered putting it into the notes at one point. So I figured we would deal with it here. Uh, For all of you who reached out and said, why did you not talk about the Chicago River shit-dumping incident with Dave Matthews Band? All right, let's talk about it. Um... (laughs) This, this is a crazy story, and it actually, you know, we just celebrated, like, 18-year anniversary. Uh, 2004 was the middle of August uh, when this happened. Uh, you, you, uh, you've probably heard about this. Um, DMB tour bus, and I believe it was Boyd's tour bus, because at this point they're all on different buses because they're huge. I think it was Boyd's. Crossing the Kinsey Street Bridge in Chicago dumps 800 pounds of waste from its septic tank. All right? On a bridge. I don't even know how this works. I guess it's liquid, and so it's going through slats in the bridge. Like, I don't understand how any of this works. I don't understand how you do it whilst moving, but apparently they did. And this is like, you can't make this up. This is comic stuff you'd see in a 1980s slapstick comedy. Uh, there is a, a boat below the bridge called Chicago's Little Lady. It is a passenger sightseeing boat. 120 passengers are on it. Roughly two-thirds of them get hit with this human waste that falls out of this bus. Uh, absolutely amazing story. I, I feel like we're allowed to laugh at it a little bit because no one was seriously hurt. But it then becomes like Keystone Cops or like Police Academy. Um <laughs> The guy driving this particular bus, his name is Stefan Wall. He is going to later plead guilty to dumping. But initially, police can't figure out who did it or how it happened. And so the mayor of Chicago, who's Richard Daly at the time, holds a press conference and releases a videotape used as evidence to prove that DMB... The, the tour bus, the DMB tour bus did the crime. Like, this is literally something you would see in, a, in an old 80s comedy. The mayor. Imagine this. You're the mayor of Chicago, the third biggest city in the country. And part of your day is looking at tape from some security camera trying to distinguish the name on the side of the bus. Rodna, who is who played at the Coliseum last night? Who's in town? <laughs> this is so funny. Um, I mean, in like a ridiculous sort of way. So, it, what's also great is that he in this in this press conference he says that the dumping was quote absolutely unacceptable, but he also says <laughs> that Dave Matthews Band is quote a very good band. <laughs> 
which somehow makes it like seven times more hilarious to me that he was like, I really like them. They're pretty good. <laughs> also, they should not have done that in my city. And sorry to you, like 75 people who got the rock stars shit on your face. <laughs> uh, so how does this shake out? Uh, so Stefan Wall, the driver. Oh, oh, there's another piece of this. So <laughs> they call when they establish that it's the DMB bus. They call the tour manager. Also a bad day for the tour manager. That guy has got to take this phone call while he's dealing with, you know, is everything on the rider and are all the guys going to show up on time? And does the stage look right? And is, you know, the guest list at the box office, he has to take this phone call and he's like, no, 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 no. All the, all the buses were here at that time period. Cause he goes and checks with the bus drivers and they all tell him they were there. And so they eventually figure out that this guy lied, Stefan wall. He, he lied. He wasn't there, but the tour manager had just taken his word for it. So there's like all these slapstick things that were happening. Wall ends up paying a $10,000 fine to friends of the Chicago River. (laughs) And Dave Matthews' band donates an additional $50,000 to friends of the Chicago River, as well as $50,000 to the Chicago Park District. And they pay the state of Illinois $200,000 as a settlement. So, that's a lot of math, but that's like $310,000 that they have to put out to make this go away. So, what I want you to realize is, if you saw Dave Matthews' band sometime in the year 2004-2005, you were helping them pay off this this little fine they had to take care of. Oh, man, that's... uh, that's unbelievable. I, I also want you to know that there's a Wikipedia page specifically on this incident. This isn't just a sentence on the Dave Matthews Band Wikipedia. This is like a whole thing. Uh, I'll put up a link to a to a piece uh, from Observer.com, but they actually have a link to the wiki and a link to a Chicago Tribune piece um, where <laughs> a woman who was in front of the bus uh, gives an interview to the to the Tribune. So... Enjoy all of that. Uh, all right, we got more letters. Let's let's hit those. This one is from Bill. He writes, "Hey guys, love the podcast. I was just telling a friend of mine that listening to your pod is like listening to one of our conversations." I have a few comments. Number one, DMB is a jam band for people that don't like jam bands. <laughs> that's that's totally true. That's totally true. I do feel like. I could have been more clear about that in my description on our original DMB episode. Uh, here's here's Bill again writing. Having been into the jam scene since the early 90s, DMB is generally looked down upon. That said, it's a pretentious crowd, so who cares what they think? Uh, also, being of Murdoch's vintage myself, uh, he may find it funny to know that most of the dudes in the fish scene of the mid-90s, and it was all dudes, Bill writes... Grew up as metalheads. It's not a big leap from shredding metal to watching Trey Anastasio shred. It's very true. Those are very good points, Bill. Thank you for that. Keep telling stories, Bill. Okay, leaving uh, Dave Matthews' band for a moment. Uh, Let's go deeper into the mailbag. This one is uh, from Greg. Greg writes the show and says, Have you ever thought about doing an episode about Simon and Garfunkel uh, if for no other reason than to let the world know 
about famous Amos. Okay, so you you may say, what? What is he talking about? Famous Amos, isn't that the cookie guy? Uh, that's 100% correct. That is the cookie guy. Greg makes a very good point. This is something we have not talked about on the show. I, you know, it may be worth a full episode at some point on Simon and Garfunkel, but let's give some due to, to Wally Amos. Uh, this guy's still alive. He was born in the 30s. If you don't know anything about him, he uh, born and raised in Tallahassee. He moves to New York City with an aunt and goes to a vocational high school, and he, he shows this interest in cooking when he's young. And he will he will say that it was from his aunt, Della Bryant, where he sort of develops his chocolate chip cookie recipe later in life. But anyway, he uh, he ends up going to college to become a secretary. So this is like in the 50s. And after he graduates, he gets a job in the mailroom at the William Morris Agency. He's eventually going to work himself up at the William Morris Agency and become the first African-American talent agent to ever work for William Morris. And he will, in fact, sign Simon and Garfunkel to the agency's rock and roll department. Uh, now, here's where the cookies come in. So there's, there's a couple versions of this. There is a version of this story that I like that says that the way he got clients when he was at the William Morris Agency, was he would actually send them cookies with an invitation to meet with him. I love that. That's like also the story that anybody running a sales department, if you ever worked in a sales department, this is the sort of stuff they do. Well, you know, you got to make an impression. You got to send them cookies, right? Um, I remember I was, oh man, this is embarrassing that I'm going to say this on the public record. But at one point, I was trying to get a job in, in radio, when I was back in radio, and uh, I, <laughs> I'm gonna admit this, so I sent a shoebox with my demo tape, you know, because you have to the way you apply when you're on the air in radio is you send a tape, right? And this was sort of before everything was just on the internet, very easily accessible. So instead of just listening to a hundred episodes of me on a podcast, you have to send them a tape and say, "Here's what I sound like on the radio." So. You know, they get all these tapes when they have a job opening. You just send them in a manila envelope, and they all look the same, right? So I bought a shoe at a thrift store and put the tape in the shoe and then wrapped it up in the shoe box and put, now that I have my foot in the door, I hope you listen to my demo tape. I should have sent cookies. That's what I should have done. Uh, anyway, this is apparently how he got quiet. So there's there's one version that says that. The other version is that says that, he uh, he sort of got into the cookies after he left this business. I don't know which one is 100% true. I like to believe that the reason Simon and Garfunkel even became a recording duo was because they just opened up their mailbox one day. <laughs> oh, what's that smell, Art? Uh, okay, so he'll, he'll go on. I mean, it's not just Simon and Garfunkel either. He will go on in his career to work with Diana Ross and the Supremes. He'll work with Sam Cooke. He'll work with Marvin Gaye. Uh, it's amazing, but I, you know, he's got this passion for cookies and in 75, he sets up a store to sell his cookies, uh, in LA and he got, he actually opened that business, started that business with a $25,000 loan from Marvin Gaye and Helen Reddy. So if you've ever had a famous Amos cookie, 
There's a they, there was Marvin Gaye is the man behind the famous Amos cookie. Fascinating story. Maybe uh, Wally Amos will come up on the show again, but great, great flag, Greg, to uh, to dip into the rock and roll background of famous Amos cookies. All right, should we do a couple more? Uh, this is a section of the mailbag that I call uh, folks catching up on old episodes. Uh, and if you're doing that, catching up on old episodes of the show, please feel free to email us. Um, do not feel like... You can't just because it's not the newer episodes. Uh, this is the beauty of podcasting, right? It's part of the reason I love it. We're creating stuff that you may experience uh, weeks, months, years later, um, but it still hopefully will inspire some conversation. So that, that, this is what we have from Jerry. Jerry's writing about episode 16. He's, he's gone way back. Episode 16 is Slash versus Predator. Crazy story about Slash getting really intoxicated and thinking he was seeing... Uh, the predator outside his hotel room. Uh, <laughs> he says, Jerry says, one thing I don't know if this was mentioned about predator was that Jean-Claude Van Damme was the original actor in the predator suit, but was either fired or left the production over creative issues. This is, yeah, this is true. Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, was like, this was going to be his break, but they had all these different designs for the predator suit. And the original ones were crazy, and he didn't really fit in them. And he claims that they told him he was going to be like in a leotard with like makeup on his face, but they put him in this crazy suit where like his head wouldn't come all the way through the neck. It didn't fit him. He's also shorter than you, sort of your average action star, right? So it just doesn't fit him correctly. And he is also mad because he doesn't get to show off his martial arts skills, which is the reason he's breathing, right? He, he, he wants that to be a part of the whole deal and it, it doesn't work. Um, and so he was like worried he was going to hurt himself. It was a whole thing. And um, he basically just like sort of refused to perform. Jerry also says, and I love this, shouts to Jerry. Uh, he says, also, by the way, did you know that Ted Nugent has an excellent song on Intensity in 10 Cities called I Am Predator? It doesn't really hold up lyrically, but, uh, you know, I like the blues riff. <laughs> Thank you, Jerry, for that. All right, one more from the uh, Catching Up on Old Episodes archives. This one coming from our uh, new friend, Chris. Chris says, dude, I just found your podcast and I'm loving it. I just listened to the Garth Brooks versus Chris Gaines episode, and it's awesome. Uh, I think you might be right about some of uh, what you think around the... I, I compare it to Blair Witch, uh, the Blair Witch thing. But I also had a thought that if this movie actually would have just come out, even if it was bad, it would have made the whole thing way more palatable for people and they might have accepted it. It would have actually let people in on the joke and made criticism of the movie a lot less harsh. That's just what I think. Keep doing what you're doing. Great podcast. Uh, appreciate that, man. Thank you, Chris. And yeah, uh, the Chris Gaines uh, uh, whole experiment was uh, wacky. And a lot of fun to talk about. And and I agree. If they had just released the Kraken, if they'd released the Snyder Cut, if they'd released the Lamb, we could all have moved on with our lives. But now we can just imagine how terrible it was, especially if you watch the behind the scenes, or I'm sorry, the behind the music 
thing that they did around him. Uh, and if you have not heard this episode, let me just tell you, it is a piece of 90s nostalgia that you do not want to miss. So go back and grab it. Uh, and thank you for writing the show. If you are catching up on old episodes or hearing the brand new ones and something sparks and you want to hit us up, do it. All right. Do it safely. Don't do it in traffic, please. All right. But if you're at a stoplight and you know that's going to be a long stoplight, or if you are uh, back at home or at the office and you want to shoot us an email, it's we are the story guys at gmail.com. If you want to hit us on Twitter, hit up Murdoch. All right. It's at hey, it's Murdoch, M U R D O C K. You know, until next time, make sure you keep telling stories.